In this episode, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever heard the statement, I want to normalize that heaven is not the goal? If you've heard that statement, you've been taught something that is completely incorrect. Today, we're going to discuss how to contend for the faith and what it means and what we should be truly looking at in our Christian life. Welcome to the Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our 10-week family trip that took us all across the nation. We saw seven national parks in the course of 10 weeks, as well as we purchased a travel trailer, a vintage 1966 Avion, which we are redoing the inside, and we're going to be uh, using that uh, in the coming months as a rental for uh, anybody on that's on outdoorsy in Northern California. We're super excited about it, but I'm glad to be back uh, right here with you on the Great Sift, and I want to thank Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about contending for the faith. What does that really mean? What should we really be looking at in the uh, context of our Christian walk? And we're going to be exposing, uh, if you will, and that might be a little bit of a harsh word, but we're going we're to be discussing, I should say, uh, that statement that I said at the very beginning. If you've heard the statement, I want to normalize that the goal is not heaven. You're being taught something that is completely in correct. Um, and I'm going to show you that in the Word of God today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Jude. It is the second to last book in the Bible. The book of Jude, it's just 24 verses. It's a very short book. Uh, and we're going to read the entire thing today. 24 verses. I'm going to read to you. And I'm going to point out two major sections, two major themes that we find within the book of Jude. And then I want to encourage you in that today. So go ahead. The book of Jude verse one says this, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. I want you to notice something. Jude was the half brother of Jesus, but he didn't even feel himself worthy to call himself a brother of Jesus. He says, I'm the brother of James, but I am a servant of Jesus Christ. He understood that Jesus was not simply his brother, but he was the Lord and Savior. To those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, verse three, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend, there's that term, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. We're going to come back to verse three uh, here in a few minutes. For certain people, verse four, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. This is happening within the visible church even today. 
Now, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Verse 8, yet in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contending with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. I'm going to pause there for a moment. From verse 4 through verse 10, he is speaking of false teachers, false prophets, people who don't understand the the gospel, people who adhere to uh, false teachings and try to lure people into this mindset. He's saying that from long ago, God destroyed this mentality, destroyed people like this because it was leading people to destruction. Verse 11, Jude says it like this, woe to them for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. So he's, he's showing a progression here that even from the beginning of time when Cain killed his brother Abel and it moved its way forward through, through Balaam's error and Korah's rebellion, these, he's talking, verse 12, these are hidden reefs at your love feasts as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. These are words of the Lord inspired by the Holy Spirit, written through the half-brother of Jesus, Jude, to the church. He wanted to talk in joy at the beginning. He wanted to talk and wish that he was eager to, to speak of the common salvation that you and I hold. But instead, because there was so much corruption and false teaching happening within the church, he has to, and the Holy Spirit is inspiring him to, to address this issue. And what is being said is, is severe. What is being said is if they are holding to these false teachings, woe to them. For at the end, they will be pushed into utter darkness and it's been reserved for the ever. Verse 14. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10 thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and all of the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against them against him these now he's now it's kind of doing an uh, um, uh, a recap here verse 16 everything that he's just talking about he's saying who these people are these are grumblers 
malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. In essence, there is a mentality of a selfish gospel, which isn't even a gospel at all, but it's a selfishness that when you go to church or when you look at Christianity, it's not about Christ. It's about what you, not you, but what these people are saying that they can gain from living this type of lifestyle. What can they gain from this type of teaching? It's this prosperity driven mindset. Now, here comes the beautiful part for those who are believers in Christ, those who are believers in the true gospel. Verse 17, but you must remember, he's speaking to brothers and sisters in the Lord, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, and the last time there will be scoffers following their ungodly passions They said to you, there would be, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit, but you beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in love, in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who have doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To, to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Verse 24, now to him, meaning God, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless, sorry, speaking of Jesus, and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Let me help you with this today. In verse three, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I find it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. This is simply stating that there is one faith delivered once for all, meaning that the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot be twisted, cannot be contorted, cannot be meant to mean something that it was never meant to mean in the first place, if that makes sense. We have so many people that say Jesus came for A, B, and C. Jesus came to heal all. Jesus came to give you uh, prosperity and give you great purpose. And while there is, there are things in the Bible that can help us see that our lives can, can be full and rich, Jesus came, John 20, excuse me, John chapter 20 says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you will have life in his name. Luke 19, 10, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. First Timothy chapter one, verse 15. This is a trustworthy saying that Jesus Christ died to save sinners of which I am the foremost. Jesus came to bring salvation to those who would believe and have faith 
in his name. That is what it came for. That is the faith. And too many and too often people sway that and move that to the right or to the left. So where the once for all delivered faith that Jude is speaking of, people try to distort. And so in this distortion, this is why he writes the next, you know, 20 verses or 15 verses about what those people look like. They, they long to take you into sensuality. They long to pervert the grace of our God. And because it, because of those things, God then is, is bringing judgment upon them. He's going to bring judgment upon them because they're deceiving for their own gain. They're deceiving for their own gain. So when you are contending for the faith, look in verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the apostles that wrote the, wrote the New Testament, they're telling you that this is what's going to happen. They said to you in verse 18, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. He's not speaking of people that are atheists outside the church because he had already said that they, they, they sneak in unnoticed in verse four. They come in unnoticed. But now he's saying what they look like, scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. What kind of faith? The faith that was once delivered for all. Your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to what? Eternal life. Eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. I want you to notice something here. In Matthew 28, it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so what we see in Jude is this is happening again. He's saying, verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Verse 20, just the one before, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. You see what he's happening is he's saying that discipleship that's been building inside of you, the sanctification that's been building inside of you all wrapped around this, this common faith, the faith that was once given for all is building up inside of you. And then to do what you're to then reproduce that back into discipling others around you. Verse 22, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. Those who will accept have patience and building them up. Snatch them out of the fire. Snatch them into and, and help bring them into salvation through Jesus Christ, through that common faith that we have. And then the ones that won't have patience with them. Show mercy with the fear of the Lord, knowing that God died for them as well. Knowing that Jesus laid down his life for their sins as well. Hating though, even the garment stained by flesh. So now 
that that line that comes to mind, and it, and I heard it recently, and it's from a well-known pastor, and he says, "I want to normalize that heaven is not the goal. Heaven is not the goal." Verse twenty-one would disagree. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus. Uh, Waiting, just anticipating the goal of eternal life with Christ. Paul says it in another book. He says that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. When we set our eyes, Colossians says, to set our eyes on things that are above. You see, we are to contend for the faith while here on earth, but the goal is always, always heaven. Our goal is to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, forever. And yes, when Christ comes back to earth, there will be a new heaven and a new earth that is set up by our Lord and Savior. But this heaven that we know that is on its way for eternal life with our Savior is one of one that we can't even fathom. Words cannot put it into any type of description that, that would even come close to being what the Lord has for us. So I want to encourage you today, as you read through the Bible, may you may you continually contend for the faith that is in Christ Jesus, the one faith, the one true gospel. And if you want to know where that gospel is, you can look back in in old podcasts. I've explained it, but definitely just go to 1 Corinthians 15. You can read the first nine verses and it tells you exactly what the gospel is. And that gospel was given to Paul by Jesus himself. Galatians chapter one affirms that. And so, Look at the gospel, contend for that common faith that we hold tight to as Christians. And anybody who's saying something different, they're not saying anything that is of the Lord when it comes to holding tight to the once faith that was delivered for all and always work on through your sanctification process as you pray, as you read, as you worship, keep your eyes fixed and focused on the things that are above. Keep your eyes focused and fixed on the things that are above. I want to thank you for joining me today. And as always, may God truly bless you. And until next time, we'll see you soon.